If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Another, another foul on board. His third setting a screen. Because of physical play, although Jordan Taylor just got caught with a moving screen. Izzo's dying for a moving screen. It's that dreaded moving screen. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Moving Screen Podcast. I'm Brendan Quinn here with Dylan Burkhart. Dylan, the selection committee dropped its first top 16. First right. and only. At least we don't do this every week. Let's First be thankful. Let's be thankful. Did they do that other years or something? Really? No, they do this. The football, they do it every week and it's ludicrous. That's the only reason I'm so salty even, about Even it. in other years, they only did it once? I believe they've always done it. And it's like this mock bracket uh, and they do the one time. I think, I think it's just once. Maybe there's been others, but I would probably remember because it really bothers me with college football. And I feel like it's something that just randomly like happens. Like I never remember that it's coming, and then suddenly everyone's tweeting it like randomly on the middle of a Saturday. That might say more about you. <laughs> that probably says more about me and my job. <laughs> uh, fair, fair point. But as far as uh, our first look at how the bracket is coming together so far, top four seeds in order: Alabama, Houston, Purdue, Kansas. Um, the only other Big Ten team to make the cut here is Indiana as the top of the four seeds. So the four seeds are Indiana, Marquette, Gonzaga, and Xavier. Uh, and that's it. Uh, Indiana, don't sleep. How about it? Yeah, I think I, I think that makes sense, like relative to kind of where the league stands and how they're playing. Yeah. They have that big win at Xavier early in the year that I think probably will really bump them up a curve, especially because you're going to be looking at Indiana and Xavier in that same kind of range and you say, well, they went to their gym and beat them. So I think that will probably be the feather in the cap for Indiana, but just they keep chugging along here with good wins. So credit to them. Good reminder that like those non-conference wins, you just really, you never know. Cause like you know, Xavier was expected to be decent this year, but I don't I don't think anyone was projecting to be a, a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. Lo and behold, Indiana goes and gets that win, played really well that night. That was kind of a uh, like statement type game early for them because it was on the road, but I don't know if anyone really realized how much that win was going to stand up as kind of a resume builder 
um, for the Hoosiers. So you're right. That, yeah. That's a huge game. That was like the like a notable game because it was on a Friday night, so people were keeping an eye on it. But I don't think anyone thought it would be maybe one of the best wins they have all season. And we'll put it this way: if I would have told you then that the Xavier win would hold up far more than their win against North Carolina, I don't know how many people would have believed that. Some smart people would say North Carolina wasn't actually that good, but we'll see. I don't know any of those people. We'll see, <laughs> all right. But today uh, we are going to get into so two weeks left in the regular season. Um, we're going to kind of set the stage here with a little old fashioned power ranking draft. We'll go yeah. back and forth, uh, each pick our teams in order, um, of how we would kind of rate the league and yeah. And be able to touch on everyone, um, what they've done, what they got coming and get you ready here for the close of the regular season, which is. Far more interesting, I think, than anyone was expecting maybe a month ago. All of a sudden, Purdue drops three out of four in a window, window, now down to 13 and four in the league. Northwestern creeping to 11 and five, one of the best stories in college basketball. And Indiana kind of lurking there at 10 and six with a game against Purdue this week to make that a little bit more potentially uncomfortable. But Big week coming for Indiana. A lot, <laughs> a lot coming at at that team with games. Uh, a game at Michigan State, which will be, um, you know, obviously a hugely impactful emotional night in East Lansing, um, and then a game at Purdue uh, on Saturday. But let's get into it, Dylan. Uh, who's who's got the first pick? Who's, who's picking first? I don't have a coin. We probably should have done this before. All right, I got this little. This little laptop screen wipe. All right. I got a green side. And I got a white side. I'm going What green. do you want? You're going green? Okay. Green it is. Oh, it's the, it's the weak pick. But I, I will go with, uh, I think, obviously, Purdue is still the best team in this league. Purdue has the best offense in the league. They have the second best defense in the league. I know they've had their blip or whatnot, but the reality is, they're going to win the league. I hate to say that. I know everyone wants to mm-hmm. make this into a race, but sure. they're going to win the league. They play Indiana at home. They go to Wisconsin. They play Illinois at home. Like Those are losable games in a vacuum, but at the same time, I think they're going to ride this out and probably still be a one seed. They're not going to be like the number one overall seed or anything like that, but I'm not completely worried about them. I do think it's worth pointing out that they did miss like two of the five toughest road games in the league. They don't go to Rutgers and they don't go to Illinois. That's a pretty nice break in the Big Ten race and whatnot. So there's maybe less separation between them and the rest of the league. But the reality is, I think this team's been the best team in the conference all year. And I don't think that losing a few games on the road really changes that for me. But hey, if you go and lose to Indiana at home, Shit gets real in a hurry. So it, that yes. like that that's a possibility that we were discussing as maybe it could be a possibility. Now it actually is, right? Like we did get to that point, but I also think we probably said they should finish like 15 and five in the league. And that's I what think they're going right. to fit. Like this is just yeah. what it feels like to finish 15 and five. Like they had to lose some of those games mm-hmm. and now they have to win some of these games down the stretch. Yeah. Like it's, it's teams don't go 18 and two in the league like that's just really those things just don't really happen um 
this kind of feels like a reset, I feel like, right now for Purdue, right? They just went and absolutely knocked the doors off Ohio State at home, um, looked good doing it, and now get a full week off. Uh, they don't play again until Saturday. So this is many days away and, you know, probably a little chance for some whatever you want to call self-scout, all those types of things that come with like a large kind of window of time. Um, and it feels like a good time for Purdue. Maybe a chance for um, maybe they could practice press breakers for six practice and press breakers, maybe flush your lawyer, um, you know kind of finds something he's in February in the month of February, he's shooting 42% on twos, 19% on threes and averaging almost two turnovers a game. So something's got to get right there. Um, Yeah. The three point shooting is scary for like, he, he needs to make threes for this team to win in the postseason. And a lot of one of four, Oh, three, one of six, like those, that's not going to get it done for this team. And I think you have to worry a little bit about, the freshman wall is just as far as he's a freshman who's not very big, like playing through the entire season. Like you can run out of steam a little bit. And I feel like your shot is somewhere that could go at the same time, like one five or six game. And all of a sudden you're back on and you just make shots. It's hard to really predict that, but it's something to at least keep an eye on. Right. Um, what feels to me is like the best case scenario for Purdue Win these last three games, finish 16 and four, Big Ten champs, go to Chicago, lose in the semifinals, get your number one overseed, uh, number one overall seed, and head to the NCAA tournament. How's that sound to you? Yeah, I I don't think they need to mess around with trying to win the Big Ten tournament. I don't think I don't think they'll get the number one overall seed. I think they can get a one seed though for sure. Um and see see what comes. Like at the same time, like I don't know, I never know. People love to draw wild conclusions from what happens in the Big Ten tournament. Like we've seen mm-hmm. teams play really well there and win, and we've seen teams play really well and lose. Seen teams play poorly and then make a run, and vice versa. Like it's almost just random. I I think we try to we convince ourselves that there's some trend to what happens there and how it relates to the NCAA tournament. I'm not really convinced there is one, um, but we'll see. Every, I mean, the scar tissue from Iowa is just still really fresh. Really fresh. Can we say that? The scar tissue, is that just, I think Iowa probably would have lost early in the NCAA tournament if they lost early in the Big Ten tournament, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, All right. This is this is the good pick, though. Who do you got coming up next? So, you know you want to do it. I think you have to go Northwestern. Okay. Right. Me. I mean, 11 and five in the league, just beat Purdue. Um, you know, this is not, it is not an empty record, you know, like beat Purdue, beat Indiana. Um, and yeah, I know those were home games and that's great. And they are especially rock and rolling because they've played three straight home games, but guess what? They won back-to-back road games right before that at Wisconsin, at Ohio state. Um, there's a lot to like, I mean, the defense is just doing what it does. And, you know, I really recommend people read um, Brian Hamilton's story on Northwestern from last week. He went and spent like a day or two there and there's a lot of good stuff. And it really kind of goes to the roots of where the defense came from. 
and Chris Collins talking at length about like last offseason, them deciding to spend 70% of everything they did on defense and saying that they kind of started from scratch. Now, tell me if this uh, sounds familiar. Okay. Uh, reteaching on ball principles, honing defensive skills, simplifying closeouts, running shell drills over and over and over. They basically like, went all the way back to like the most fundamentals of defense and just kind of retaught everything from the start and, and then gradually kind of installed what they wanted to do from there. And then went into the season with that. Sounds like some really good Michigan teams and how they kind of treat offense back in the day of you spend the entire off season learning just footwork and things like that and, and rededicate yourself. And they're seeing the fruit of it. I mean, is the, is the defense, perfect no it's not even the best of chris collins era however um it's enough to win games and win games against good teams and then they have guard play and like this doesn't feel like say some like recent like rutgers teams where you're like i don't see any chance forward for them in the ncaa tournament like northwestern can beat different teams i feel like so uh, the defense thing is fascinating to me because like Obviously, practicing defensive fundamentals is important, like building from the ground up, all that. But you're telling me they didn't practice fundamentals when they weren't very good defensively. Like, the big reason this team's so good on defense is that Chase Audige is probably the best defensive player in the Big Ten, and he's been healthy and awesome. Like, I feel like sometimes it just really helps to have good players, and Chase Audige is that good defensively, so I think he deserves a lot of credit. I think, obviously, they've made it a point of emphasis. I think Chris Lowry coming in as a nice defensive piece to their coaching staff, whatever else. But I also think that we just like try to come up with these romantic reasons why the team is better. And sometimes it's just good players, right? Like Michigan's defense is under Yachtledge. They were really good. And a big part of that was Charles Matthews was an awesome defensive player. So sometimes I think it's that simple, but either way, I, I think they deserve credit for the defense. I think the resume is every bit like the second best resume. They have a lot of quality wins. They've they've won a lot of close games. They have that. The predictive metrics, though, are still pretty low on what this team is. They're 42nd in Ken Palm right now. I, I don't know if you would really fear them on a neutral, like in the Big Ten tournament. And I don't really see maybe the upside that some other teams in the league might have, right? Like if Indiana or Northwestern was coming into your gym, who would you be more scared to play? Um, that's the downside. I think the fact that they've been so good in close games is why they're here, but it's also probably a reason to be a little concerned about where this goes moving forward. And they still have to play three of their last four games on the road against NCAA tournament teams. So that's mm -hmm. tough as well. Yeah. I mean, trending toward the area of like a six seed though, like I'm, I would be comfortable saying like, even if, you know, Northwestern drops a couple on the way out, like I do think it's a team that can win a couple games in the bracket. So here's the problem, though. When, you're, uh, when your resume is better than your team, you are very prone to get upset. So you're going to be overseeded because you've won all these close games, but mm -hmm. you're not going to be as good as the other teams, and you're going to be a lot more vulnerable to an upset. Well, wouldn't you also have to agree, though, that like the majority of your five, six, seven seeds are teams that won close games instead of losing them, and aren't and aren't flawless? 
by any means. I would imagine whatever seed line Northwestern is on, they'll be the lowest ranked team in Ken Palm on that seed line. That's that's the concern. And mm-hmm. you'd rather be the opposite. Like sure. last year, Michigan was a 11 seed and they were basically ranked the same seed as Colorado State, the same Ken Palm rank. So like that's how upsets right. happen to the eye. And that's going to make it hard for Northwestern to overachieve in the postseason because they'll probably be overseeded relative to what their Ken Palm ranking right. says they are. So that's the right. that's the risk about them doing and something. Then, it, then we'll it seems like Boise State's going to be like inside the top 30 of Ken Palm and be an 11 seed and and beat someone. You're, start, you're, start, you're starting to see how it comes together. So, so Boise State takes down Northwestern in the first round is what you're telling me? As a one point and a pick em, And then everyone's <laughs> going to be like, oh, Chris Collins can't. This is like, well, damn, what do you want from me? So sometimes you can see how this stuff sets up based on the numbers. And that's where they're trending right now. Right. I, I do think like go and win at Illinois, a team that you handled at home. And all of a sudden those computer numbers are changed in a hurry, right? That's Any of these, point. these road games if they're yep. able to win them will be a big right. shift to that. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really feel good enough about them to win either of these next two, but we'll see. That's fair. And I, 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 I think it's worth saying like in terms of this exercise, like I would just have a hard time, like just like realistically justifying, not taking Northwestern too when they beat the team ahead of them and they beat the team that would plausibly be taken ahead of them. Yeah, they did sweep Indiana, so fair play. Right. Um, and I think one thing that you, if you look at Northwestern's, uh, they hit a lot. A lot of their best wins are against teams in a moment where their entire season looked to be crumbling to the ground. <laughs> yeah. And now all of a sudden those teams are playing well again, but Northwestern just beat them when they were just completely down. Like Indiana, who I'm going to take at number three, that stretch in early January when they got – they lost at home to Northwestern. It was just complete disarray. And sure. now they look like this awesome team. They played a really close game again in Evanston. But either way, like, I think Indiana is playing as well as anyone in the league right now, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. I think that TJD is that good. I think Jalen Huchifino is just living on mid-range jumpers against drop coverage and looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the turnovers are a concern there. But I, I think that's my number three. And I think I'm kind of in on what this team can do in the postseason because I think there's still maybe a path for them to keep getting better and improving and and we'll see but am I wrong to be in on Indiana at this point? No man I because that the win over Illinois this weekend I thought really showed something now obviously Illinois was without Terrence Shannon right Indiana looked gassed though for a lot of that game and but did what like really good tough teams do you know they were down what 10 with 12 minutes to go something like that found a way went and took care of it against like a good like even like Illinois without Terrence Shannon still pretty good you know and and they found a way a a guy who's a first team all-american went and played like a first team all-american they played through a horrible shooting performance by uh, Hood Shafino, he went five for 17 with five turnovers and still found a way. Now, does some of that maybe say something about Illinois? Whatever. However, Indiana, you know, did what teams, what good teams did. They found a way to win. And I, I found a, a lot of positivity in that more than being concerned about the fact that they were in that position in the first place. Um, 
Race Thompson back. And there's still the kind of question of Xavier Johnson hanging in the air uh, is certainly a interesting kind of wrinkle to all of this, though. Yeah, that's that's the. Is there any late? Is there a latest there? Have you heard anything? I, I just see close pictures of him in sweats shooting before games and people talking about it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, I don't think there's any sort of concrete answer there. I, I mean, for all I know, he could be out for the year, and they're just using it to. I don't know, but we'll see. I think it seems like he sh- he's progressing. I think it's been almost two months since his surgery, so I, I've got to think there's a chance. Um, the thing about Indiana though is. The defense, I think, is getting back on track a bit. Um, it went sort of haywire there for a stretch, but they've been in a better spot these last four or five games defensively, I would say. And I think that's what they're going to need to kind of bring both sides of this together in that. And so that's what I like about the recent progress. Now it's like, can you get everything else on the same page? Yeah. Okay. I have the fourth pick. I... uh I'm just going to go with something that I think will probably maybe piss you off. Oh, that's good. That's what we need for the content here. I'm taking my Terps. Okay. Um, currently inside the top 20 of Ken Palm. Um, look, the offense is nothing to get overly excited about, but the defense is legit and getting better and has been really good of late. Um, take a look at Torvik's ratings over the past month. Maryland is eighth nationally. And second in the Big Ten, um, a win over Purdue. Yes, they just lost at Nebraska, um, but game was in overtime. And like Nebraska playing well, like you got to give credit where it's due. They've won four of their last five games, um, including a win at Rutgers. Like, yeah, Nebraska's like sneakily at seven wins in the league. So, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna punt on Maryland because of an overtime loss at a at a team that's actually winning games right now. Um what do you think? Is this crazy? It it's not crazy, but it's hard to like say it with a straight face after that game on uh at Nebraska, where it's just like this is a completely different team at home compared to on the road, right? Like Mm-hmm. The, the Torvik splits is they're the 37th best team in the country in home games. They're 14 and one and they're ranked 85th in road games and they're two and seven. Uh, they just have not really traveled. And sometimes when they lose on the road, they just get drilled. Like it's not even just competitive. It's just sure. like the wheels fall off. So that's the, the concern with this group. I would say the but, good news for March two and zero on neutral courts. There you go. Uh, taking it back to where were those games like Orlando or something like that? <laughs> no, oh, no, Mohegan Sun. So, th- so they're great. They need to stay on the Eastern Seaboard there. Um, oh wait, I, no, they're two and one. They lost to Tennessee in New York. Sorry, so two and one on neutral courts. But go ahead. I, I, it's just it feels like the the gravity of what we know is coming for Kevin Willard is just like too hard. They're just going to, they're it's still possible to end up exactly at 500 in an eight seed and lose in the first round of there's the NCAA a, tournament. There's also the chance of them finishing 12 and eight in the league, which is what they're currently projected to their next two games, Minnesota at home, Northwestern at home, that gets them to 11, 11. and seven if they take care of business. And then their last two games are road games at Ohio state at Penn state. I can see a split there very reasonably. And you just know 
Ohio State's going to lose 10 games in a row and then beat Maryland at home the last week. That's like the most predictable what, thing that's going to happen. One of my questions for later is which team does Ohio State pull one out of their ass and make 12 threes and beat? And you're right. It probably will be Maryland. But that's just it's too obvious. It's just staring us in the face. So I, I like and then Penn State will play itself back into the conversation and lose to Maryland in the season finale at home. <laughs> if we're talking things that are 100 percent predictable. Yeah, that's fair. I, I like them. I just I don't know. Is Jameer Young a first team all Big Ten player for you? He's right. I mean, he's on the line. He's probably going to be in that. You know, when you're looking at that fifth spot, you're looking at four guys for the fifth spot. He'll be one of them. I don't know. Yeah, he's. He, I like that he started out kind of trying to be like what Maryland wanted, and then it's just like, screw this. I'm going to be Charlotte Jameer Young and just take every shot and get every basket, and that's kind of what they need him to do. But he's on 31% usage in Big Ten yeah. games. Um, that's 3% higher than his uh, usage rate at Charlotte last year. He's just like, all right, I'll be that guy. Uh, credit to him. I. They should have won that game at Nebraska, though. Like, come on. should have. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I just every time you start to like something about this team, there's just a game where you're like, oh, man, I just don't know. Right. But they look so good on Thursday against Purdue. Well, and, you know, I think it is worth saying, like you talk about them getting drilled on the road. Well, like, look at their their last three road games were an overtime loss to Nebraska, a close game at Michigan State and a three point loss at Purdue. So, like early on, were they getting absolutely hammered? Yes, but they've been like a legitimately competitive, good basketball team for the last two months. Yeah, I agree. I I think they're. I think you picked them in the right spot. It's just I don't feel like you just don't love them, right? I don't know what they're going to be. That's going to. I'm not going to say wow. I really think they're going to make a run in Chicago. Even like I don't. I just I'm not vibing with it really. But we'll see. I agree. All right, who you got at number five? This might be a a hot take, but this is the team that I'm buying in on. For a postseason run. Go ahead. Illinois. Yeah. I knew that was coming. That's who I had at five as well. I I it's been ugly. They're what four and four in their last eight or yeah. three, three and three, whatever. Mm-hmm. I all the, the recent losses have all been on the road. Mm-hmm. They've been fairly competitive. And Penn State just sometimes Penn State does that shit and you lose and you just gotta tip your cap and move on and just wish yep. that they shot 20%. They have home games coming up. I think they're going to put a little run together. I think the talent is – they're just way more talented than most of the rest of the teams in the league. I thought that was a good effort at Indiana without Terrence Shannon. I I just like that they're not a finished product, and I like that they play defense, and I think they have the ability to get hot offensively if things go their way. So it's it's scary because you're looking at them and you're like, oh, they're 8-7. and seven. They haven't really done much. It hasn't clicked, but I still think it could click. And I like what it would look like if it fits together better than maybe some other teams in the league. Yeah, I I mean, I think the buy-in here is on what's ahead schedule-wise, where there's a path forward for this team to go win four straight games, have a lot of juice going into a season finale at Purdue. Um, You know, in theory, they'll get Terrence Shannon back here. He's been listed at day-to-day. I don't think he's playing tonight versus Minnesota, but... You know, that would he would presumably, I think at this point, be back for Thursday against Northwestern at home. You get a win there, then a road game at Ohio State. Again, the Ohio State question. They are going to beat somebody that they shouldn't on the way out. It could be Illinois. It could be Maryland. Who knows? Um, And then they get Michigan on their home court. That'll be, you know, the regular snake pit of a game. And 
Yeah, I mean, there is there's still just a ton of talent there, and um, it, it, I, I'm I'm with you on this. It's that is not a team I would want to see um, anywhere in March. Yeah, if you're pulling up little uh, bracket simulators for the Big Ten tournament and you're trying to see like who you want to like who would be good to play, who would be bad to play. I don't mm-hmm. think you want to see Illinois pop up there. Like, I think that's a team, especially in Chicago. I, I look at them to make some noise there, especially after one of just one of those teams that has kind of had a stop start season that could put it all together quickly, in my opinion. That's, that's fair. And like, if you just, I mentioned like Torvik's ratings for the last 30 days, whatever, like, even with those three losses, Illinois is still fourth in the league. So this is the right, I think this is the right spot. All right, that brings it to me. Um, this is also going to be a controversial pick, and I think it's going to um, – it, it kind of builds on what you were just talking about, where it's like what you've seen lately isn't anything that gives you great hope, but I, I kind of am thinking as a buy here in the next few weeks. And – that's it's Michigan State for me. Um, I know they just lost to Michigan on the road, and so you would say, how can you take Michigan State over Michigan? Especially, probably have a lot of most listeners to this show would would say that. Um, however, I liked how Michigan State played in that game like a lot, and then the last two minutes kind of came undone. Um, it was a road game, so no harm there. But I've just had the feeling here lately that Michigan State's kind of lying in the weeds as a team that nobody's looking at and is just kind of lurking as, you know, a tough out. I'm not saying they're a great team. I'm not saying it's going to be a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8 team. I just think it's a really tough out. Um, I think this game Tuesday against Indiana at home is going to be um, a really kind of emotional release. And who knows kind of what comes from that. That's totally variable obviously um after that road games at iowa at nebraska i think one if not two of those are winnable and then a home game against ohio state you know that gets i just see them getting to like 11 wins in the league and at this point in like the power rankings the purpose of this exercise like that's the team i would buy to be in the five six range when all said and done yeah, so Michigan State has the second best like Torvik adjusted efficiency in Big Ten games, um, and which is a big product of they've played a pretty tough schedule and they have yes. kind of an easier schedule left. Uh, I think the thing I've said a lot in this pod is they've done a great job kind of winning when they need to win. Uh, all those like back against the wall games, they figured out a way to win. I think Indiana tomorrow is one of those games. I don't. Like, I don't think you want to lose that game and then be going on the road to Iowa facing a potential three-game losing streak. Uh, I I think the defense is really, really good. I still just, man, I don't know what this team can really do offensively yeah. to take it to the next level, and that's the big concern. And then I think the other thing with the defense is, like, Michigan State will give you three-point shots, and no one mm-hmm. is making them. Um Teams are shooting 27% on threes in the Big Ten against them. Uh, I think the record was they're like, now they're two and seven when teams make over 33% of their threes, which isn't very many, right? Like that's like a very, that's like D1 average. 
So I think they're very vulnerable against a team that makes threes. Uh, and like Michigan hit, I think, 35%, which isn't even anything. Like it's not like they had a hot shooting game. It's just those shots are going to be there. And that's the risk with this defense right now. But really, I, like, I, I think that's a fine place to pick them. I think they should kind of come around to a 12 and 8. I just don't know what the offense is really going to, what's going to change to make this a more dangerous offensive team right now. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, they take so many kind of, you know, this is, sounds <laughs> rather mundane, but like they take a lot of 50, 50 shots. It's where they go in or not, you know, like if, if they, if Tyson Walker makes some mid ranges and AJ Hogarth makes some floaters and, you know, Joey Hauser hits three or four threes. Well, suddenly, you know, Oh man, they, just beat whoever, you know, 75, 70, whatever, you know. And and like I I did like in that Michigan game, like they got out and they were going a little bit. Like now a lot of that might have been a product of Michigan's transition defense, which I'm sure you would be more than happy to educate me on. But yeah, like the first half of that game looked like a really good version of of Michigan State, I thought. Yeah. So I I would definitely attribute that more to Michigan's transition defense, just because it hasn't been something that Michigan state really does this year. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where like Wisconsin offensive rebounding, like, okay, you see a different lineup in there. You see some opportunities, like you're going to crash the glass because Will Cheddar is the starting power forward. You're going to push the ball because you see that Doug McDaniel never stops the ball in transition, right? Like it's more, more one of those things other than, Oh wow, Michigan State's transition offense is back. They're going to yeah. be pushing yeah. it and running yeah. it. I just don't think they have the they just haven't done that all year. I'd be surprised if that changed. Um either way though, I do think they played well, they shot well, and really I think they defended well against Michigan. Like Michigan won that game mostly because it just bullied Michigan State on the offensive glass, which is yep. a crazy thing to say from like writing about those two teams playing against each other for the last decade plus, but that's what it came down to. And I don't, it does speak to the, this idea that like Michigan state does not have that sort of strength in the front court, right? Like they yeah. are vulnerable against that. I, I don't know where that really they hurts do, you the most, but they feel a little matchup dependent. Like I, I, I actually kind of wonder though, like when you look at them for March, if you kind of like the fact that it is not this team that is totally dependent on a center or on, you know, crashing the glass, like, it, it does feel like at this point, you know, like Izzo is getting more, if not most comfortable going to that small lineup. Yeah, I think they could even do it more. Um, I'm not yeah. really crazy about any of the backup centers. Um, I think Michigan's a tough matchup because like the reason the the thing that went wrong for Michigan State late in that game is that they had to go small and yeah. Michigan was able to guard their small look because Terrace Reed is so good defensively. So you're not getting any offensive advantages, but Hauser couldn't box out Terrace Reed and Malik Hall couldn't guard Hunter Dickinson. All of a sudden, and he didn't take advantage on the other side. Exactly. Cause Terrace right. Reed is right. probably better guarding the perimeter than most of Michigan's perimeter players. So it actually <laughs> works out well for Michigan. So that, that makes it hard because usually you think, okay, this team's going to play two bigs. We're going to, go with their small lineup and attack them. But it's hard to do because Terrace Reed was so good in that spot. So I I agree Michigan State is a, a buy low team here, but it's a really big week if they're going to kind of cash in on that. Um, so big spot against Indiana, a team that isn't really a great shooting team, but can hit some shots. Uh, and that will be an interesting test for 
a Michigan State defense that'll probably give them a few open looks from outside, especially trying to deal with TJD. I'm guessing you would not have had Michigan State in this spot. Uh, I think it's about like it's really hard to find a team to be excited about right, in this right, range. If you're being right. honest about it, like right. come on, man, uh, it's tough times out here. Iowa just got run. Rutgers is playing poorly. Uh, I would probably go maybe Michigan next, just because they're playing. I had well. Michigan they, here. Yeah. They beat Michigan State. I think they did play well, but the reality is they have three of their toughest games of the season coming up next all their hard road games uh i don't think i don't know if i'd really say they're playing well enough to think they have a great chance in those games but i think they're playing well and i think they have a chance uh michigan's thing has obviously been losing those close games right if you they're the opposite of northwestern they're two teams that are four spots apart in ken palm uh one team's winning 75 percent of those close games one team's one in seven something like that so that's the Probably the reason to buy Michigan is that they're maybe a little closer. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to really take of that Michigan State game. Like, obviously, a great effort in the situation. I don't know if it says, okay, wow, now we're just going to play through Terrace Reed and go two bigs all the time. Is it something that you can work all the time? Is it a change of the dynamic? The reality is Doug McDaniel hit a ton of tough shots in that game. Terrace Reed was just awesome on the offensive glass, and that was enough to figure out how to win. I don't really think either of like Michigan's ball screen offense or post up offense was elite or great. Like Michigan State did a good job defensively, just couldn't rebound. So tough to really say. Uh, obviously, a huge week for Michigan though. If they go two and zero, they're going into that final week with a chance, right? Like, okay, if you're at a lot, you need twelve conference wins. You probably have to get to this week get to 11 and then steal one on the road which is i think i don't know if this is this pod but that was basically exactly what i predicted when i said i think they can get to 11 but they'd have to steal one in that final week which is going to be really tough yeah i mean it's outside of like all of the good that you saw on um saturday there's kind of this like low-hanging question of like okay well what's sustainable Right. And I, I'm in at this point in the year and what's kind of how this whole thing is played out. I'm kind of like, we'll just go all in on this too big line. I mean, like, what's the harm at this point? Like, especially with Terrence Williams being out and I don't know what his long-term projection is looking like, but a most importantly, personally, like, Getting Terrence Williams these minutes is massively Terrence useful for the long term here, right? Like, I want, if I'm Michigan, I want him on the court. I want him getting these minutes and this experience because he has an enormous upside. And really, like, why not? You know, so lean into it, see what, how it plays out against different looks. Um, because if it's something that you really catch fire with, like maybe it's something that can win you some games in the Big Ten tournament, right? Like, let's not forget that reaching the, say, the Big Ten championship game and losing, like, could give, potentially get this team into the NCAA tournament. So, like, put your best players on the floor and see where it gets you. Yeah, it it's so tough because as good as he was in the second half, he sort of looked like half, not so much. like a disaster for stretches, and he's had he's he's going to have stretches like that yeah. where it's just 
he has to like find he's not going to be able to give you the same thing in 20 minutes every night it's going to be there's going to be a lot of inconsistency and michigan obviously is already dealing with that point guard like doug mcdaniel looks awesome when he hits all of his pull-up twos and gets off to a hot start makes a three michigan's a different team he does that probably once every three games like that's hard to be a consistent team um i do think a lot of people ask like why doesn't Terrace just start next to hunter that's sure. pretty obvious reason not yeah. is that if he gets in foul trouble, there's no foul one trouble. to put on the floor for Dickinson. So I think what Michigan has tried to do is put Terrace Reed in for Dickinson around the under 12. And then when Dickinson comes back, leave Terrace in the game and let him play that next stretch. And sometimes that goes really well. Sometimes it doesn't. The big shift against Michigan State was uh, leaving him in at basically like the five, four minute mark, despite his free throw shooting and closing the game that way. They didn't do that against Wisconsin, lost the game. That that was kind of the notable change, I guess, in Juwan Howard's approach. Like, I feel like it's still a pretty big risk to leave him in the game because if Michigan was ever in the one and one I would intentionally follow him. Even if I was like winning the game, I think it's almost like a free stop at that point. So it's something they have to work through and figure out as it go. I know he's improved a bit at the mm-hmm. line. He banked one in uh, on Saturday, but it's something to at least keep an eye on. And his defensive potential is really just through the roof. He makes so many plays in different spots. He can switch out in the perimeter. He can make help side blocks. He grabs every rebound. Like, right. Just, I don't think he's completely like in tune with everything that needs to happen defensively. Sure. He's not like a senior who knows calling out rotations, and everything, but his physical ability can just take over and he can just make plays that most people on Michigan's roster can't, especially in the front court. Yeah. And I mean, for a team that needs to be outscoring teams, you know, having an offensive rebounding presence is a pretty good thing. You know, like look at some of their upcoming matchups. You know, if you can go and get some extra possessions against Rutgers and Wisconsin, you know, games that are going to be like 60 possessions, if Terrace Reed can go get you some offensive rebounds and some putbacks, that's a massive difference Mm -hmm. in these just, you know, total kind of shit kicker games um yeah i would expect to see more of him um yeah i think his growth has been one of the better developments from where he was in what november to now for michigan right okay i'm next up and this is number one two three four five six seven number eight i am going to iowa city and the hawkeyes um at number eight just got absolutely smashed at Northwestern last night. Um, Fran in all of his glory, completely losing his shit with 7.30 left in the game. He gets tossed by Courtney Green um, over a missed 10-second violation. He was right, though. He was right. He was right. (laughs) However, um, you know, look, we can talk about Fran in a second. (laughs) But uh, he got tossed by Courtney Green. Um, Prior to that, however, Five of six for Iowa, playing themselves back into the NCAA tournament picture after being 12 and eight overall, four and five in the league. Um, now 17 and 10, nine and seven in the league. Um, they did split with Northwestern, right? The team, like they beat Northwestern by 16 at home and then lost by 20 on the road. So that's like a split. That's a true split if there ever was one. Um, but like they figured some stuff out and um 
but you know, it is very much a classic kind of Northwestern team. Second in offense in the league. Iowa team. Twelfth in what I say. Northwestern. Sorry, Iowa. Um, you know, arguably the most productive offense in the league, and arguably one of the worst defenses in the league. So pretty standard stuff. Um, this spot feels right to me. Um what what say you? Yeah, the defense, 153rd. Worst Iowa defense since 2018 like there have been some bad Iowa defenses in that stretch like come on now like we have to get something better here but I don't really see a path forward to being uh, like they just don't have the bodies even like I was thinking used to always be all of these bodies at the five and they would just all kind of like be big and crash the glass it's basically Rebracha and he can't mm-hmm. foul so he just stands there and people score pretty at will against this team like that just is what it is at this point. They're last in the Big Ten in effective field goal percentage defense. Uh, they're going to get hot and win some games, but it just, to me, feels like an Iowa team that isn't as good on offense as some recent Iowa teams and isn't as good as, and is even worse on defense than recent Iowa teams. Right. So what, is, what does that give us? Yeah, it gets you a team that can probably make the NCAA tournament and lose in the oh. first round. Yeah, they're they're an NCAA team, but they're yeah. just going to have games like that at Northwestern where things just go sideways. I was, re- were you hoping for the trifecta of McCaffrey Tex? Uh, I we, was. We, we, we I were really close. was. I, that would be a story that we need. I was kind of hoping that maybe even like Patrick would get a second and then have to join oh. Dad in the locker room. Also, that was kind of the other underlying thing. Um, but you know, Fran goes with the pocket press. And it really backfired this time. Ends up with him getting tossed over the 10-second violation that he was trying to cause, which is impressive. Um, He did cause it. (laughs) So on Fran, okay? Like, this shit is tired. I'm sorry. And I like Fran, right? And I've defended him a lot of times. And part of it's probably because he's from Philly, whatever. But, like, he is, like, the dude off the court is, like, is a funny guy. Like most people like Fran and stuff like that. He's, he does a lot of good stuff, but this, sh- like, look, getting texts and getting, and like going at refs and arguing and disagreeing with everything. Fine. Whatever. To me, the thing that's like, is needs to stop. Is this like him walking on the court and like physically going at officials? Like, that's gotta that's gotta go that's gotta go you know like being restrained by three four people like come for, what, what are you gonna do if those guys aren't standing in front of you Fran what are you gonna you're gonna go beat the guy up like stop this it, it's just so ridiculous at this point it seemed kind of like a quick hook like he got team Courtney Green, the second one was quick the second that, one was definitely quick. the first one was for leaving the coaching box but he was leaving to yell and then he, he gets the second one for yelling like come on i, I don't know it seemed like a well, quick and, I, and it was also building i mean it wasn't like that was the first time in the game that he went <laughs> that he went full friend i i agree i there's just other coaches are doing the same kind of shit i don't know it, he he obviously has earned his reputation yeah but it seemed like a quick hook to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Fran on this one. I, I would just like him to stop like, I, acting I think, as if as if he if, if if he is not restrained, there's going to be like a barroom brawl or something. Like, my man, let's just let's just 
Let's take it easy, for God's sakes. I, I also, it's just not a good look. Like, I just don't think it's a good look for anyone involved, for the school. And, like, you shouldn't have this, like, overriding sense of, like, concern that he's going to, like, throw a chair or something like that. Like, come on, man. All right. Um, okay, you're up next. Number I'm up nine. Next. I'm going Rutgers. And yeah. they were pretty much chalk almost on these, by the way. Which is like probably concerning for you. It's concerning for me. <laughs> <laughs> I they absolutely needed that win at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was ugly. They figured out how to do it. Obviously, down Mag, they're down McConnell, who I guess back locked up before the game. Yeah. Uh Cam Spencer picked a good time to hit six threes, and they won 58-57 in Madison. If they lost that possession game. If they lost that game, I think they were like very close to being a, a bubble team at this point. And I still think they need to kind of get it together here down the stretch. But they have a big one against Michigan. Then they go to Penn State. Those They need some wins here. And it's just kind of gone sideways since Meg got hurt. And I don't really see signs. I know they won that game. But look, Wisconsin is not a great team. And they kind of got lucky to win that game. Um, it was just whatever. I guess that's every game against Wisconsin. It comes down to a flop call and a late shot and you see what happened, but I'm a little worried about Rutgers, but I think like two weeks ago, we would have been talking about them second or third. Now they're ninth. So I don't know, man, where where are you at on this team? I mean, I'm not going to get excited for a win against Wisconsin. Um, I, I, I mean, I've, I've wanted to like Rutgers all year, but it does just kind of seem a little, deflated um i think this michigan game is an interesting spot for them on thursday um and that kind of maybe will show some signs of um what the long-term outlook is here because you know in theory you know you go out with a home game against michigan road games at penn state and minnesota and a home game against northwestern like there is a chance to kind of have a pretty solid finish here ken palm still predicts them at 12 and eight. Now, I don't know how much that takes into account who is potentially not in the lineup. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, however, of the, the schedules that we've gone through, I don't think there's probably any other team that is, doesn't have a top 40 Ken Palm game on the way out. That's see, that's, I like how you, you flip it. They're playing the second best team in the league, but they're not Ken Palm top 40. <laughs> so they got to play Northwestern, but now Northwestern sucks. That's uh, right. That's that's Listen, well, it's all that's what I well say done. at that in the moment, not, <laughs> yeah, they should finish 12 and 8. And if they do and they get back on track, I think we can say, yeah, they're fixed. But when you lose to Nebraska at home, you're not fixed until you can prove that you can actually right. win those games. I just kind of want to see on them play well. We need to see, yes, you need, to, actually, like you need to show something here. Like, go beat Michigan by double digits on Thursday, and I'll be like, all right, I'm back in. Um, but we'll see. I, they need to show us a little bit of life here. Right. Like it's it's very telling that we're talking about scenarios where Rutgers can still finish with eleven or twelve wins in the league, and they're at this spot in these rankings. Whereas like the next team, like I'll take Wisconsin here, um, is probably looking at like nine and eleven, ten and ten, somewhere in there. Um, you know, a nice win against Michigan at home, um, a loss to Rutgers. I don't like I don't like Wisconsin at all. I don't think it's an NCAA tournament team. I don't think there's some late push coming. I saw 
when they uh, beat Michigan, there was a lot of like, oh, Wisconsin's going to find a way back into the picture, back into their, this team is just not good. It, it's not, it's not happening. 71st in Ken Palm, um, you know, and right here for me, this was like a toss up between like Penn State and Nebraska. Like, I don't really think there's much of a difference um, amongst like those three teams in terms of like the ability to win or lose a game right now. Uh, Penn, or Wisconsin has played 16 Big Ten games. 12 of them have been Bart Torvik's close games. They're seven mm-hmm. and five in those games, which means all of their wins have been close games. I think he deems as like two possession games. So basically, they That's only right. can win close games. They haven't beat anyone by double digits in the Big Ten, which is pretty astonishing. And the only reason they're even in the NCAA tournament picture is because they won that game in Iowa in December when Chris Murray was out in overtime. So I, I don't see it with this team. Um, but like, could they win at Michigan? Sure. Like, I just don't see enough there. I just, they're very poor offensively. They can't really outscore anyone. They just kind of create this slop of a game that ends up in a 60, 61 game at the end. And who's going to make the last shot. It's just, it's, a, I guess it's impressive to get that out of a team that isn't very good. Um, Tyler Wall, like, he's just he's broken. Um, yeah. He's sort of lost the way completely. And obviously, he had that ankle injury. He was a lot better player before the ankle. Like, a lot of times we see guys come back and everyone's like, oh, well, they're healthy. Well, when they just magically suck after they were hurt, I assume they're playing hurt. Like Zed Key or Tyler Wall, a lot of these guys. Even Jet Howard, like Jet Howard's numbers yeah. inside the arc have just completely fallen off since some of his injuries. So I think there is something to that, but it's just not, there's just so little offensive ability on this roster that it's scary. And people will say, oh, Chucky Hepburn just takes step back jumpers. Probably the best shot this team can get most of the time down the court. <laughs> like you uh, run an action for a Siegen. If he's guarded, yeah. we'll give it back to Chucky Hepburn or throw it in the post. And that's basically the entire offense. If curious, I actually asked Bart last week what his measure for close games is. He said six points or OT. So you're basically right. Okay, there you go. Um, And I'm going next. I'm taking Penn State. Mm -hmm. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't give give my boys some uh, love above Wisconsin here. They pulled it back with two Jalen Pickett. Wisconsin beat Penn State on the road. I know, I know, I know. Um, but Jalen Pickett played awesome this week, so I want to talk about Jalen Pickett. He had 41 and 8 against Illinois, and then he followed that up with 32, 8, and 9 against Minnesota. Dude, is it just a cheat code? I I don't know. He's probably one of the best, like all big ten players from a team in the bottom half of the league in a while. Like, I feel like a lot of times there are guys down there who put up big stats, but Pickett does it with efficiency at a level that's pretty unheard of. And it's like passing, it's rebounding, it's scoring. He really does everything from that spot in a way that usually you have productive guards back there on those teams that are like around 500, but he's just actually good. I think what he's doing this year is kind of getting lost a bit, but he's yeah. awesome. I, I don't know. Can they pull it out? Like I really want of all the teams in the league to make a run to the NCAA tournament. I think Penn state would be the most fun, but I think they've just let too many games slip away at this point. We'll see though, like Ohio state on the road, Rutgers at home at Northwestern, Maryland at home. It's not like they will be, they can win any of those games. 
they just probably need to win like at least three, right? I th- I think three. Yeah. Any uh, is like Penn State a good little sleeper pick for Chicago? Oh yeah, I, I, right? I mean because they could be anyone if they make their threes. <laughs> I I like them as a sleeper. Um, but the problem is they might like they have to get out of they have to get a good draw somehow. So probably depends a bit how they finish. Uh, they also could lose to anyone, right? Like Penn sure. State's thing is sort of we're gonna get up thirty five threes. Do they go in or not? Like if you make 15 of them, they'll beat any team. Um, I think they're a particularly tough matchup for teams that kind of play a true big man, um, mm-hmm. which makes them dangerous in certain matchups. But I like them a lot as a sleeper. And they'll have yeah. a lot. To, they'll probably have a lot to play for because they'll probably be in that like next eight out. Right. They like have something to go into that tournament with and say, if we can win two or three, maybe we make it interesting. Yeah. I feel like they need three on the way out, and I feel like three is probably a big ask. I feel like two is probably what happens, and mm-hmm. one is possible. Yep, that <laughs> right. sounds right. Um, so, shout out to Penn State, but I don't, I don't see it happening. I go next. I go to Nebraska. Um, much respect for this kind of late push um, by the Hoybergs. Four of their last five, um, with including wins over the aforementioned Penn State. And Wisconsin and Rutgers and Maryland. So um some really good stuff here from Nebraska. And you know, give the man an extension for God's sake. They're they could easily like they have Minnesota on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But that's that's to get to eight wins. Like, and then Michigan State at home. Like, I don't know. They could beat Michigan State at home. They've been beating teams of that level. They they're playing really well. I like Tominaga is just shooting the shit out of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Derek Walker as kind of like a five out passer. He makes some, he's by far the most exciting passer of like big men in the league. I think uh, it's, I don't know how they're really doing it because they're so injured and they just, they're kind of like worn down a bit here, but they can't argue with how they're playing. Like they're playing better than I would say Penn state and Wisconsin, like who we just picked yeah. above them. Right. Like the, yeah. it's that good. It's been awesome. It's to see, and it's the second year in a row that Hoiberg has kind of turned on a winning streak late in the year, right? They won their last three games in the regular season last year, all on the road. So whatever, like you can say what you want about Hoiberg, but he coaches coaches till the end despite playing through some rough stretches. Yeah, I mean, and they've I, – I think they have shifted the style as well of the program this year. Like this year does kind of feel like a pivot to just a different kind of – brand of basketball, right? Much slower. Um, It's kind of more befitting the league that like they were playing a style previously where like you needed elite talent to play that way and win in this league and they never had the talent. So they were just winning three or four games a year. Um, This kind of feels like, you know, a more sustainable way of playing. And now maybe he recruits to that. I don't think he's going anywhere. So um, I I do think it's generally a positive and getting Nate wins would be, um, certainly nothing to kind of sneeze at. Um, yeah, I, I think you got to like it. So another team that I wouldn't want to play in Chicago. Eh, I, I, I don't know, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think okay. you're, you're losing sleep over John Nebraska. Um, but we'll see if I were, uh, Penn State or Wisconsin or Rutgers or Maryland, I would lose sleep over 
Playing Nebraska? Maybe. So, okay. All right, next up. I, this I, think, is... I think it's me. Yeah. And we've got Ohio State. And good You should Lord. have taken Minnesota just to, just to give proper shame to Ohio State. Minnesota is still far worse. Like, but this Ohio State, like, what the hell? This is Man. not good. Uh, it's just trending completely in the wrong direction, and it's just. It was they a story were they about, were ten and three and ten and, and two and zero. Oh. Yeah, and it was a story about losing close games and this and that, and now it's just a shit show. And this life raft of three home games in a row is coming much, much, much too late for anything. I, I do think they steal one of these games though. I, I would put money on that. So. Well, they're, they're going to be favored against Penn state. And then the question is, do they steal one of the next three um, Illinois at home, Maryland at home at Michigan state? I think it, which one do they win? Maryland at home. Okay. The Zed Key thing, though. I, I'll say I, Illinois at home just to ooh. pick against you. Okay. Like, do you buy into Zed Key's injury being what? Through I this mean, season? Zed Key. I'm sorry, he is not Bill Russell. Like, I I get that he was really important, and that it is like a clear line of demarcation pre-injury, post-injury. But there's something else in the water there. I don't pretend to know what is going on, but this is they are so bad. It is beyond. The great ZK. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's that's fair. I also think they are too imbalanced between freshmen and transfers. They have mm-hmm. like star freshmen and transfers who expect to play, and there's no coherent mix between it, right? Like, why bring in Sean McNeil and Ice Likely and all these guys, Tanner Holden, but then also want to play through Bruce Thornton, Bryce Sensabaugh, mm-hmm. and then like Justice Suing, man. I, I think we knew this coming into the year. We can but turn the he's page. just he's not good enough to be a second best player on a Big Ten team. That's good. Uh yeah. so plays hard, does a lot of things. I don't know. So I I do think though, the story in December was holy shit, Zed Key looks awesome. He lost weight. He's been really good. He's been their best player. Mm-hmm. And then it was, okay, he's hurt. And then it was, oh, Bryce Sensabaugh scoring like 70 points a game, but they're <laughs> losing. And now it's, well, none of that works and they don't play defense. I don't know. It's just a mess. Uh, you, What do you think of Holtman's situation? I mean, it's and it's across the board. 11th in offense, 11th in defense in the league. There, this is not like one, like, it, it is not a seesaw of like, all weighted to one side. No, they're just bad across the board. Um, I think Holtman's certainly safe for next year. Um, and he's got a really good recruiting class coming in. But the problem is like, yeah, you have a really good recruiting class coming in. You're also like starting over. You know, you're you're losing. Um, Bill Russell's coming back, right? You're, yeah, I mean, Zed Key will be nice. And that's like a nice centerpiece to kind of build around and but you'll lose sends a ball. You'll lose um, these seniors. But at the same time, like a lot of these names are, are kind of, I'm sorry, like to use this word, but like, it's kind of tired. This is like a stale version of Ohio state. And it's kind of time to clear some people out. Um, but I mean, do you like, think Holtman's in trouble for next year? It seems kind of like you bought a, a pack of cookies at the store and they came stale. That's what I like. It's not <laughs> like these guys have been here for a long time. 
<laughs> you got the faulty faulty pack. Uh, I I don't I don't know. If you're Holtman, wouldn't you be on the phone? Uh, I would be looking for a little parachute a little bit. I mean, is any parachute going to pay him what Ohio State is paying him? He's making a shit ton of money. You do not walk or I don't think you walk away from that contract. South Bend? I don't see it. it we'll see. I, I Big pressure here. It's, it's one thing to miss the tournament or something like that, but if they like lose out, it's like, holy shit, like, what did you possibly do to be this bad? They shouldn't be that bad. And that's They should not scary. be this bad. And I don't really, I don't know. Like, it could get ugly if you, if you're thir- three and thirteen. If you lose these home games, oh god, rough. Oof. And like, I mean, these are home games in theory only. Anyone who's ever been to an empty Value City arena, um, I mean, even when it is a good game, that place is, you know, it's not exactly a a, a raucous, intimidating environment. You know, when it's when it's empty. Holy shit. It is just, it's cold because it's also a hockey rink. There's no one there. It feels like you're playing in an airline hangar. Like these teams that need wins too, that are going in there. um, Blood in the water. Blood in the water. Okay. Um, Shout out to Minnesota here. Checking in at number 14. Uh, Has not, have not won since January 12th. Against Ohio State, we should mention. <laughs> Since then, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight losses. Um, the big question here, right? Minnesota plays Illinois, Maryland, Nebraska, Rutgers, Wisconsin on the way out. Four of five are, um, well, I should Two are in the tournament, two are, or three are in the tournament, one bubble team, and then Nebraska, basically. And there's probably a rescheduled game with Michigan State in there. Good call. And a game against Michigan State. Um, What is the chance, percentage-wise, of a second win for the Gophers this year? One. I think the cruelest thing we've said One percent? Is that- Give them a one percent chance at one win? All these teams have four games left. Minnesota has to play six more games in two weeks. What the hell? That's not like just call it quits. This is this is done. Uh, I, who are they going to beat? 14th in the league in offense, 14th in the league in defense. Now that is impressive. Outscored by 20 points for 100 possessions in Big Ten games. This is a historically bad Big Ten team. This By the end of it, if this goes the way it goes, it it will be it could be one of the all-time worst teams in league history. It already is, right? What what was like the Eddie Jordan? Oh, so this is the number Eddie Jordan's 279. Team 279. <laughs> and Minnesota is at 222. 222. They won't get the 279 just because the the games they're playing. But holy hell. That's well, does that change your – I feel like we hyped up Ben Johnson because he won like three games last year instead of we one. Sure did. And now did. are we just kind of out? I know they have a five-star coming in. But like Dawson has- Garcia is probably one of the most talented power forwards in the Big Ten, and he's just sort of I – mean, he's been hurt, obviously, but yeah. he came back last game. 
It's not like there's no talent on this team, though, right? Like, no. People would be you would pick up players from this team to play on good Big Ten teams. Yeah, I mean, Jameson Battle could play other places. I don't know if he would get seven, 17 shots a night, 10 shots a game, but um, yeah, I mean, it just, I don't, I don't know uh, where, where things go from here for Minnesota. Um, you're right. I mean, yeah, Ben Johnson is, it's tough. This is a tough year two situation. They could win um, three games after Thanksgiving. They have one game. They've won one game inside the top 140 of Ken Palm. Their wins this year are Western Michigan, St. Francis of New York, Central Michigan. <laughs> Michigan, I'm sure, feels great about that. Cal Baptist, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Chicago State, and Ohio State. Chicago State. This might be points. the biggest indictment of Ohio State, by the way. Yeah. We should flip it. We should have Ohio State at 14. Yeah. I, They've only played once, and they won. And it was a bad call, right? Uh, it was That was the game Ohio State lost on a bad call. And then it Ohio was State in Columbus. Won. I know, I know, I know. I remember. It was, <laughs> it, this is not a good sign for Minnesota, though. And. No. They've done the grad transfer point guard thing back to back years, right? Like it's not like you're building. It's not like you have a freshman point guard who you're like, okay, well, he's a building block for next year. It's kind of start from scratch. How many here. times have we said this on this podcast too? Like, oh, I guess it's, wait, maybe wait. Talon Cooper has another year. I don't know. But we we've said this on this on the pod like so many times. I get I get the need to want to bring in older transfers as a first year or second year coach to try to be competitive. And like you're, there's no if you play a bunch of freshmen and sophomore, there's no guarantee you keep them, just because of the nature of the portal. However, like, man, it's what then then suddenly like if because if it doesn't work and you don't win games, well, guess what? Now you get to year three, and then well, now what? You're just gonna go get more transfers and hope that it's some lucky combination. I don't to be know. Be fair though, they're they're playing freshmen too. They like, they need to they get are. enough this players to play, and they don't they, uh, like. I don't think you can complain with anyone that you brought in that's able to play based on yeah. the current situation. Um, but tough times. Uh, bring back, and you know who's having a great year? Richard Patino. Sure is. How about that? He is got New Mexico ranked forty seventh in Ken Palm. 20 and 7. Yeah. They they sprang a leak recently, but our uh head-to-head game against Tim Miles. That that must have been a scene. Tim Miles is having a good year too. Yeah. All right. Uh you got anything else on the way out? No, this was this was a fun one. I, I'm excited for these last two weeks, and I'm really excited for the Big Ten tournament. I think it'll be a fun one. Are, are you just trying to is that no. are, are you intentionally throwing shade at me because I won't be there? No, I, I forgot all about that for a second. I was okay, genuinely well. excited, but then I started laughing because you're covering golf instead of the Big Ten tournament. Well, it's tough to throw shade when I'm going to oh the TPC Sawgrass, so I'm sure it'll be beautiful down there. Chicago's beautiful but in March, too. Enjoy, enjoy Chicago in March. It'll be sustained winds of 40 miles an hour and temperature is at about 43 degrees. That sounds about right. Uh, maybe that gray mist. Yeah, Thanks that'll be that. great. Have fun with that um, and enjoy the traffic. So we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, make sure you join us again next week. We'll be back to look at 
probably the closing week of the year and kind of what the standings look like. Maybe talk some preliminary all-league stuff, some postseason awards maybe. Always a good conversation. Um, and yeah, we'll join you then. Thanks. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.